0: In to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Great to see you here today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and I'm glad that you're with us. It's great to study God's word together and to interact with each other and seek to connect and just spend a moment where we can be together. Are these times of connection. We both give and receive encouragement, help, and we spur each other on as we are challenged in Hebrews, the Bible book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, when it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day draw near. We need these times. Uh, the uh, times to gather together to put this love in action and love like Jesus. It's it's simple. It's as simple as sharing some of your life hacks. Okay, so some of you shared some of those like that. Those little uh, things that we do that add to life. Anybody learn any new ones that you from other people? Maybe not a single one of you. That's great. You know those life hacks that you you see about online, you go, wow, those are cool. Well, I have a few of them here today. Uh, like a standard uh, toilet paper roll. Well, you cut it down the middle and then you can put it on your wrapping paper and it holds it just so. Ooh. That's a life hack worth thinking about. Uh, there's other ones. There's a, one that this says you can light a pack of Doritos on fire and it will start a fire. And I thought I would try that this morning and then... I came to my senses. We don't need another fire alarm going off in our worship center. This was a fun, how many of you have seen these ketchup things? Right, right? You you know what you can do with them to get more ketchup? You just spread them out. And wow, they get bigger. Ooh. Hey, that's worth it. When you want more ketchup, you don't have to go back and forth and back and forth. Okay, well, it works for me. Here's another one I thought was fun. You take your, your sunglasses and you sit them down and now all of a sudden you have a phone holder. Ah, you're thinking, I've never thought about that before. Well, now you know. <laughs> one, one I haven't tried yet, but I hear it's really good. I've heard about, it. Um, you know, those hard boiled eggs that you have and you and you can't get the shell off. Well, you add a teaspoon of baking soda and boom, it comes right off. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Ooh, it there's it, life crazy life hacks are all the craze people want to learn how to do new things and make things out it's fun to share those with others and now look now you've really gained something this morning <laughs> hopefully you gained even more from god's word this morning but it's fun to share and they really do help us out in life and it's it, it makes life a little more fun and a little more easier and it's a lot of uh, just enjoyment with that but beyond the little life hacks our connections and interactions with each other can be a huge blessing and even be life-changing. It's putting love in action and loving like Jesus. Jesus gave us an example to follow and he demonstrated three actions that are vital in loving each other. All over scripture, you can find them, but they're in one particular place, very succinctly, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. And this morning, I'd like for us to explore them these three uh, actions that help us and are vital to loving others. Loving like Jesus opens us up to feel with others and be moved to actively care. So uh, before we explore this, passage in Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray and ask God to to challenge us this morning. I believe you're here for a reason, and God has encouraged you to come this morning because there's something he wants you to gain this morning. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for those who are here and those online. God, I pray that you would just bless our time in your word. Lord, may we learn something. May we be challenged. May we even be spurred on uh, to love and good deeds and to encourage one another. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. I encourage you to take out of uh, the uh, worship folder that Patsy talked to you about. If you're online, you can grab one of these, I believe online. If not, just grab a piece of paper and begin to jot down some notes. If you turn that over, there's an outline. There's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. And and there's that... Uh, connection card that was in there we do would really love a prayer request that you can fill out you can drop it in the offering as it's being passed and you'll get that and that'll be a get that and all of our people will be praying for those things if it's confidential and just want to go to the pastors and staff then mark that and that's what it'll be There's also a uh, study guide that's out in the lobby area. I know you can get this one online. Uh, Just go to our website and our resource section. I'll explain that in a minute. But out these double doors, if you turn left, there's a resource desk there. The lyric pages are on there. These study guides are there. They have all the answers to fill in the blanks and the extra verses I'll be talking about because our our hope is that you would take this time in God's word and use it as a launch pad to integrate with the the, the devotional that's going on. Uh, If you're using the... uh, uh, rooted devotional, but also that it would be a great opportunity for you to spend more time in God's word. And that's why we have on our website, it's it's right now, it's on the face page, some resources from Sunday, but also if you go to the revive section of our webpage, it has all those links and things that we talk about and a link to our podcast, which we do each week. That helps us go a little deeper and encourage you to do that. So if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter nine and starting in verse 35. We'll go to verse 38. but Verse 35 reads like this. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel is literally good news. It's the message that we're sinful. That's not good news. But there is a savior. That's the good news. That we're sinful and a savior, and it's Jesus. And we need to have faith in him. And, and that's the gospel. That's the gospel message. Uh, proclaiming the gospel, the kingdom, of God, uh, uh, the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Now, this is a summary of, of Jesus's ministry, Jesus's service to God. Now we talked about last week, how to really make the most of your life and it was to serve like Jesus. And this is really a summary of all Jesus did. He went around teaching and telling people about how they can have salvation from their sins and healing all kinds of disease. That's what Jesus did. He served and we're to serve like Jesus. It's how we get the most out of life to step out and enjoy the adventure of serving God and the adventure of loving like Jesus. But Jesus stepped out in service out of motivated by love. Jesus loves us. Romans 5.8 says, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us that even though that we may have not believed in God or rejected God or even you know mad at God, he still loved us and sent his son to die for us that we can enjoy that relationship with him because the truth is sin has blocked us out of having that relationship with God and we can't remove sin. We need a savior to take it away. That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross and that love is sure. That's why Romans 8, 38 and 39 says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And we're to take this love as John 13, 34 and 35 say that we are to, that just Jesus said, just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Jesus asks us to serve out of love for others. Actually, Jesus was posed to the question, what's the greatest and foremost commandment you can do? And Jesus said, it's simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. as found in Matthew chapter 22. Verses 37 to to 39 or 40 that's in that section there. I've mentioned a lot of verses and that's okay. Just if you didn't write them down, go grab the study guide and you'll get that. But I just want to, they're all in there and you can look them up later, But, but we're to love our neighbors. And so the question is how, how do we put this love in action? How do we love like Jesus for loving like Jesus opens us to feel with others and be moved to actively care. And truly, we are all better for it when we do. Three actions that are vital in loving others. The first vital action in loving others like Jesus is to open up to empathy like Jesus. Look at verse 36 of Matthew 9. When he, that's Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus felt for these people. He felt for these people's plight. Jesus was demonstrating empathy. Do you know what it is to be empathetic? A high school teacher, uh, big class, went to the front of the board as kids were walking in and wrote the word empathy all in cap letters. One of the students walked in and kind of looked at the board and trying to sound it out, empathy, empathy. What is that? Well, the kid that walked by him heading to his seat, he goes, I don't know it. I don't care. Which is the exact opposite of what empathy is. Empathy is knowing and understanding and caring. It's feeling with others to personally process their emotions and understand their experiences and their circumstances and like Jesus expressed that understanding, he did through a word picture. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. People in that day would know exactly what, they, what Jesus meant by that. People had watched sheep that were not led and how they were nervous and running around. Sheep were scared and they, they go running off even into the uh, wolf's mouth. Uh, they fall down and can't get up. They, they're they're, they're uh, kind of helpless people and they get harassed. The funny thing is, is that all throughout the Bible, we are considered like sheep. <laughs> but it's true. When we don't have a leader like Jesus in our life, life can go awry very easily. But do you see people's plight like Jesus did? How is your EQ, your empathy quotient? The sad reality is study after study is showing that we as people are less and less empathetic. We don't know. We don't care. But empathy is learned. It takes practice. It's pulling our eyes off of ourselves and onto other people and noticing them. It says here, Jesus saw the crowds. It's observing their circumstances and listening to their words It's acknowledging their struggles and letting them know. Some of you may have been watching the world news and saw that in Thailand, just a few days ago, somebody came in and killed 27 plus kids, some lying asleep. And they're showing pictures in the news of parents getting the news of this. And some of you are feeling it right now. That's empathy. I I can't imagine that because I have grandkids that are in daycare, right where these kids, not in the same place, but in a daycare like these kids. Their parents had put them there, safe there. Their kids loved to be there. Only one kid survived. I don't know the whole story about how it happened or what happened, but some lunatic just went and decided to kill the most innocent. When we feel like that, that's empathy. A lot of times when we're trying to understand people's feelings, we need to do what's called active listening. We're hearing what they're saying and then repeating it back to them, saying, this is what I understand you're saying. Jesus did that by saying harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He let people know what he was understanding their feeling was. We not only are better, under, we not, when we understand better, we validate what people are going through Jesus at one point went to visit a family that had lost someone actually that someone who was lost was Lazarus a good friend of Jesus in John chapter 11 verses 1 to 44 Jesus feels with the people and moved with empathy Jesus cries the shortest verse in the Bible Jesus wept Jesus was in a moment he was in the moment And understood the hurt and the pain and the loss. Being empathetic is seeing people. It's listening to their story. It's asking good questions and actively listening, finding more similarities than differences. It's not thinking of what you want to say next or what you want to make sure you say. It's hearing their heart. In that story of of Lazarus and the happening of Lazarus in in verse 32 of chapter 11 of John, Mary just comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you'd only been here, Lazarus, your friend would not have died. Jesus heard her heart. And even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead, he felt with her and shed tears because he was empathizing with her hurt. Empathy is how we put love in action, how we love like Jesus. Jesus called his disciples to be more empathetic, even towards him. We looked at this story last week, but if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew. It's Matthew's account of this. Matthew chapter 26, verses, 20, verses 36 to 40. This is when Jesus was, his, they'd been in the upper room. They had gone to the gar, now to the garden. And Jesus says this, when he went with them to the place called Gethsemane, which is a garden, he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And then he taken with him Peter and the two sons of Jebedee, James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. Even to death, remain here, watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, Father, if it is possible to let this cup, the, the going to the cross, pass before me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Father. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Here Jesus had asked them to be empathetic, to understand and to watch and they fell asleep. And here's Jesus' emotion here. And he said to Peter, could you not watch with me one hour? Imagine the hurt that Jesus felt when he chose his best friends, Peter, James, and John. Take calm a little while. He was bearing his soul and they fell asleep. Don't be asleep with people's struggle. Open up to empathy like Jesus. For loving like Jesus opens us to feel with others and be moved to actively care. And we are all better for it. How how could we be more empathetic? The next vital action in loving like Jesus is to be moved with compassion like Jesus. Go back now again to Matthew chapter nine, still again in verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. for They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion is amp- empathy in action. It's understanding another's feelings and circumstances and experiences and seeking to help, to notice another's plight and seeking to help in some way. Not, not for personal gain. So we get noticed or brag about our daring ways we help. <laughs> That's why I love when Jesus was teaching, he said in Matthew 6, 3, 3, but when you give to the needy, like empathy or compassion, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and there's don't do it for the show. Compassion is a selfless act. We seek to serve another helping where we can. Jesus was moved with compassion, it says. The word here is very visceral. It's, it's, it's like a kick, kick in the gut feeling. Like Jesus was so taken by the depth of hurt of another, he felt it deep within his gut. Actually, it's, you could translate the word wretch from the word compassion here. He felt so deeply, it just turned his stomach. His heart hurt and he had to do something. Have you ever been moved with compassion like that? We see it many times with Jesus in, in, in Matthew 14, Specifically in verse 14, again, Jesus sees the crowd of people and he has compassion and heals them. The crowd stayed well past the time to eat. So Jesus has compassion and he feeds 5,000 plus people. In Matthew chapter 15, uh, something similar, in verses 32 to 39, Jesus sits down and throngs of people come to be healed. And he does, he heals them. And in verse 32, again, they're there for the, they've been there for a long time, And Jesus has compassion. He's moved empathy in action. He's moved and he feeds now 4,000 plus people. And in Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 to 34, Jesus is coming out of the, City of Jericho. We talked about this a little bit last week. Mark's version of this. Now here's Matthew's version of this. And there's two of them and not just one Bartimaeus. There's two blind men. They're sitting on the side of the road and Jesus walking to his next appointment and they're starting to yell out, Jesus, Jesus, heal us, heal us. And their people are saying, just be quiet. You know, don't, Jesus got important things to do. And compassion, it says he moved with compassion and He stopped. And he healed two, these two, as verse 34 says, he healed their blindness. Jesus was moved with compassion, empathy put in action. Are you? See, like empathy, compassion is a muscle that needs to be exercised to bring it to its full strength. And we need to be like Jesus. Remember, we talked about this last week, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, for, for this you have been called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. We're to do what Jesus did. If Jesus is moved with compassion, we're to be moved with compassion. If Jesus is empathetic, we're to be empathetic. We're to exercise those muscles so they're active. So when we hear a story about kids gunned down in Thailand, we weep, our heart gets moved. How do we let our heart be moved with compassion? We need to connect and interact and engage with people like Jesus. It says, it says in in verse 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities. Jesus didn't just sit up in a chair and go, Okay, people come to me. Jesus went to where people are. He didn't get locked up in his house. He went out to where people were. We need to get out and interact with people. We're to observe and to see others and understand them, understand their plight, ask questions, know what's going on, and then to do acts of kindness, just like Jesus, yet at our own level and ability. Jesus could heal. I don't know if any of you have the gift of healing. Maybe you do. But we can do other things. We can listen. We can provide practical help. We can do the the ministry of presence, not giving presence, but actually being there. And certainly we can pray. All these actions strengthen our compassion muscle so we can put love in action and love like Jesus. Just think of how better our world would be if more people would have a stronger muscle of empathy and a stronger muscle of compassion. If more people were compassionate and empathetic over constantly grappling for self and selfish things, walking into a room and not seeing whether they're noticed or not, but seeing who they notice and coming up and meeting people and interacting with them. You see, loving like Jesus opens us to feel with others and be moved to actively care and we are all better for it and certainly our world is better for it so where could we be more compassionate today loving like jesus is opening up to empathy being moved with compassion but also to foster passion like jesus look at the last few verses of our text they verse 37 to 38 It says, then he, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there are many people who need to be uh, treated with kindness that we need to be empathetic and compassionate towards. The harvest is plentiful. It's not just that they don't know Jesus, it's they need Jesus's love. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray earnestly the Lord of the harvest would send out labors into his harvest. There is much hurt and harassing going on in our world. People need the love and the guidance of Jesus as their savior and leading Lord. With empathy and compassion, Jesus is seeking to foster a passion within his disciples and others and all of us to actively love and care for people. You know, Jesus revealed God's passion for us in a very interesting story it's found in Luke chapter 15 verses 11 to 32 some of you know this story it's a story of the prodigal son actually it's not really a story about that and its two sons but actually it's not the story of the sons it's really to reveal the about the father because Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and wanted the Pharisees to know God's heart so in this story there's a father who has two sons One of them, the younger one says, dad, I don't want to wait for you to die. I just want you to give me all my inheritance right now. And the father says, okay, here it is. And the kid goes out and wine, women, and song and spends it all. He winds up eating pig slop and he thinks, he says, he comes to his senses and it says, even my father's slaves are treated better than me. I will go back to my father's house and just asked to be one of his servants. So he's walking back to his father's house, unbeknownst to him that almost every single day, his father is on the porch or wherever he stood, looking down the road, waiting for his son to return. And something happens that Jesus says in here that just blows my mind. Because it says when the son was coming up the road the father saw him and he got up and he began to run towards his son which in that day and age for an older man to run was undignified and not thought of because Jesus is trying to give a mental picture that the God of the universe cares so deeply about you that he will run towards you <laughs> and you know God has run towards each one of you and if you don't know him today, he's running right to you now. <clears throat> it hits me because <sighs> I know the father ran to me. And he scooped me up and said, Mike, I love you. With a love that you don't even understand. But someday you will. And I want you <clears throat> to take that love and to share it with other people. See, God loves us so much. He is passionate about you. And as you read scripture, you feel that passion. God cares about every detail of your life. There's not a single thing you go through that God doesn't know and understand and is right there with you. And to the depths of the things that you feel, God feels with you. He weeps when you weep. He laughs when you laugh. And he is passionate about you. He pursues, he restores, and he empowers. And we're to step into that passion for others. Passion is a very powerful and deep feeling that compels us. And for us as followers of Jesus, our passion should include the things of God. Colossians three twenty three. whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. The word heartily means <clears throat> deep from the soul, a welling up of passion because God has placed you where you are so that when people come and encounter you, they can sense the love of God. And he actually sends people to you. Romans 12, 10 to 11 says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another to showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in the spirit serving the Lord. That word fervent means with passion, boiling over with intensity to get passionate of the purposes and plans of God, like loving people, especially those who are in need. (coughs) All through scripture, we're challenged. But I love how Isaiah 117 puts it. Here are the things that we should be passionate about. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. And we're to be about those things and passionate about those things. And when Jesus is talking here in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 to 38, he's saying, see people like I do. And foster that passion to include others and to be driven to act. We want to see change in our world. (laughs) To help the hurting. It's found in each of us getting a little more passionate about people. To want to help and see them encounter Jesus and gain true help in life. That choice is fostered as we feel with others. That passion. Begins to burn together. You ever, anybody of you ever had uh, charcoal briquette barbecue? You know that you would light one little briquette and it kind of lights another one and it kind of lights another one and it kind of lights another one. And before long there, woo, a blazing fire. You take one out of the charcoal and you set it aside and poof, it cools off quickly. while the others are still burning. I was gonna light one of those here, but again. <laughs> We each are capable of passion and it's expressed differently, but it will fade if not fostered. We foster passion by trying new serving opportunities. That's why we have these service opportunities to hopefully well up that passionate flame within you that you will get and take some risks. I I love, um, and I could tell a story about a number of you, but I love a story about David Honey some of you know David Honey, a, uh, was on our elder team a while back, and Dave sought to serve the Lord. And as he's been serving the Lord now in the youth ministry area, <clears throat> God lit with him a, him a passion, a passion to serve him even more. So Dave signs up for us these biola classes to take Bible classes and all that, to get a certificate and all that, so he can handle accurately the word of truth. And, and he is he's jumping, diving right into ministry with students and God's using him in all kinds of ways. He's leading a life group. He's doing all kinds of different things because he's willing to take the risk and get a little more passionate about God and being used of God. What's going to be your story? Fostering passion like Jesus allows us to put love in action and love like Jesus and loving like Jesus opens us to feel with others and be moved to actively care. And we are all better for it. And so is our world. What are some of the inklings, those senses from God's spirit within you, you could get into to bring out some of that godly passion? Life hacks are fun to share. People around us are better for it when we do. But beyond that is when we put love in action and when we love like Jesus, this life-giving, life-changing Love happens when we open up to empathy like Jesus. When we are moved with compassion like Jesus. When we foster passion like Jesus. See, loving like Jesus opens us to feel with others and be moved to actively care. And we are better for it. Let's love like Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we uh, think of how you, Jesus, Jesus, acted and interacted with others, Lord, we uh, are inspired. We want to be empathetic like you. We want to see and hear and learn of people's hurt and be moved. And so moved that we move into compassion, that empathy and action, and actually be willing to do something for other people, to care, to pray, to sit with them, to, to do something, to get involved. To help the cause. And then to get so fired up about it that we have a passion that burns within us that we can't stop. We want to keep moving and caring for people and being used of you in all kinds of situations. God, help us in that. Lord, we know that when we love like you, feel with people, we're moved. We're moved to help. And we're better for it, and so is our world. So God, help us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.